Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Camden Yards in Baltimore. It's the Guardians winning the series. The Guardians 3, the Orioles 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And the Guardians held on to their second place position in the American League Central. They're still a game under 500, which shows you how down the American League Central is this year like. Most years with the big swinging, you know, American League East running up the standings, uh, they're probably going to have a lot of wildcard teams. It'll be interesting to see if the American League Central can even sneak a wildcard team into this expanded playoffs. But I'm getting way ahead of myself here because this is all about a weekend series in Baltimore. And the Guardians come out on top. Plesak comes in, uh, delivers a Sunday performance that's probably one of his best performances of the season. He picks up his second win on the season, and then the bullpen goes to work and shuts him down for three innings after Plesak comes off the mound. So honestly, I mean, honest to God, if you miss this game, you have to watch two at-bats. You have to watch two at-bats. Andres Jimenez in the first inning, and then Mountcastle in the fourth inning. That's it. That was the whole game. That was the whole offense. The home run derby continues from Saturday. All the runs, all five runs in this game come across on two home runs. That's it. I mean, it was a strange day. Baltimore had a few more opportunities. They go 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. Cleveland goes 1 for 1. That's it. Jimenez's home run was the only time someone was in scoring position. So they go 1 for 1 with runners in scoring position and end up with a 3-2 victory. Now, it's because of some really excellent pitching, some great relief pitching. Um, but let's get into the home runs first uh, and the Guardians offense first because it was a pretty quiet day for most of the Guardians offense. Uh, Ahmed Rosario was the only player with a two-hit day. Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez are the only two players with two hard-hit balls on the day. Um, there were not a lot of walks given up. Owen Miller does draw a walk early. Uh, that sets something up. They do draw three walks on the day to get a few more guys on base. But, um, yeah, it just it was an interesting day. Jose Ramirez was popping everything up. Everything up. He, I don't know, something about it. Maybe he just needed a day off. But Jose Ramirez was popping everything up. So it was not a threat on the day. But that's okay because Andres Jimenez picks him up here in the first inning. So we kick things off. Miles Straw with a bad strikeout to start things off. But Ahmed Rosario delivers a single up the middle. 106.7 mile per hour exit velocity. Ramirez would fly out. Uh, Owen Miller would draw a tough walk. He'd work it to a 3-2 count. And he'd take one at the bottom of the zone. Even he wasn't sure. Like, you know, some batters, that ball comes down below the knees. And they toss the bat. And they toss the helmet. And they jog to first. Even he froze. The catcher froze waiting to see what the umpire was going to call that one because it could have ended the inning. It could have been strike three to end the inning, but he gives him the free pass. He walks him on, and that brings up Andres Jimenez. And this hit bad from Jimenez. Man, this is classic, classic stuff. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time on the show. Uh, show me you pitch once. Show me it again. I'm going to make you pay. So Dean Kramer here throws him a changeup down below the knees, center of the plate. Just below the knees, misses for ball one. Throws him the exact same changeup. This time brings it up above the thighs, just below the belt. 
and he smacks it 105.9 miles per hour, 24-degree launch angle, 372 over the wall in right field for his seventh home run on the season. I mean, we do not talk about Andres Jimenez enough on this show. He's not being talked enough about enough in baseball. This guy, frankly, belongs on the all-star team as a second baseman. Him and Trevor Story, uh, I think, are leading in F-war, you know, war according to fan graphs, uh, all second baseman in the American League. So definitely this guy, deserve, he's working himself into the all-star team consideration here. I'm sure he'll get a challenge. I mean, he not gonna, he's not going to win the popular vote unless Cleveland does one of those things where they just stuff the ballot box. Um He's going to be a really hard time getting the vote because I don't know if he's just known enough around the American League. I don't know if enough people are paying attention to him. I don't know if his highlights are, you know, popping up on Sports Center and grabbing the national attention. Do people even watch Sports Center anymore? Is that even on anymore? Um, but yeah, Jimenez deserves to be on there. We'll see if he can make it as a reserve this year. Um, but definitely deserves it as far as second baseman go. So a big three-run home run here. To uh, to give the Guardians a nice cushion in that first inning, to give Plesac a nice cushion in that first inning, and then that would be it. That would be it. Uh, coincidentally, uh, Gonzalez would uh, Oscar Gonzalez would single right behind him, but Palacios would pop out to end the threat. Then they would get guys on, but they just couldn't do anything with it. A two out single by Straw in the second. Uh, they go one two three in the third and the fourth. There's a couple of leadoff hits in here. Quan leads off the fifth with a single. Can't do anything with it. Uh, a two-out walk to Gonzalez in the sixth. Can't do anything with it. One, two, three in the seventh. A leadoff single by Ahmed Rosario in the eighth. Can't do anything with it. Although Jimenez does fly out 104 miles per hour. Exit velocity. Can't do anything with it. Uh, a two-out walk to Maley in the ninth. We can't make him pay for that. So there were guys on base... We just couldn't do anything with it. For the rest of the game, the Orioles pitching, um, you know, the Orioles might have found something here with some of these pitchers. Uh, Kramer, I mean, calms down after that first inning. Does a good job of uh, hanging in there. And then Gillespie, Vespi, Baker, and Perez uh, shut things down. They really, really come in for uh, – Four and two-thirds of an inning, they really come in and shut things down. They give up one hit combined in the bullpen. They give up two walks, so three base runners combined out of the entire bullpen over four and two, uh, yeah, over four and two-thirds innings. So that's good stuff. I mean, they only give up three hard-hit balls. Kramer, as the starter, only gave up three hard-hit balls. Just a strange, strange day. Um... You know, for a guy making his, I believe this was a season debut, um, not his major league debut. He's pitched in 2020, pitched in 2021. This was his uh, his 2022 debut. I guess I think I caught that he was dealing with some injuries to start the season. Um, oof, last year he went 0 for 7 in 13 starts, and it's not getting any better this year. 0 for 1 now. He does have one major league win under his belt in the 2020 season, so... He has checked that box. He's one and nine in his career. So uh it's you know, Kramer's gonna have to keep putting in the work, but the bullpen helps him out there. So if you can start to build a good bullpen, that is definitely a good stepping block for Baltimore to get back into being a competitive team again. Uh so yeah, so let's talk a little bit about 
the other home run, Mountcastle's home run, because this comes in the fourth inning. And uh, frankly, this is a different situation than Jimenez's home run. Now, with Mountcastle, it doesn't help that he uh, Plesak hits Trey Mancini kind of around the forearm, the elbow area, to lead off the inning. All right, that's not good. Put the leadoff base runner on. He does strike out Santander, and Plesak did have a good amount of strikeouts on this day. But that brings up Mountcastle, and frankly, this is a situation of just absolutely missing your location. Maley is set up down and away. He wants this at the knees and away, and he lets this fastball fly. It rides up in the zone. It comes up and away, and Mountcastle shoots it at 110.6 mile-per-hour exit velocity, 24-degree launch angle, 437 feet out towards center field. Just a monster two-run home run from Mountcastle, who frankly does not hit a lot of barrels from that spot. He just doesn't. There, there are no barrels. There's one barrel up and away for him. None. That pitch might have been out of the strike zone, frankly. And, uh, yeah, he just does not hit many home runs from up there. And uh, it's interesting that, uh, you know, Plesak missed his location, which is the reason that Mountcastle gets this home run. But he missed in a location that Mountcastle doesn't usually have success with. Um, now, Mountcastle always hits the ball hard. For max exit velocity, he's in the 84th percentile. For hard hit percentage, he's in the 84th percentile. Mountcastle's actually having himself, as far as StatCast is concerned, a really good season. Expected batting average, expected weighted on base, all 92nd percentile, 97th percentile, way up there for some of these things. A barrel percentage, 87th percentile. So it's not like Mountcastle is someone that gets fooled very often. Uh, or, or I should say, when he makes contact, he makes some hard, hard contact. But he just does not hit home runs from up in that position, uh, in that part of the zone. So it's interesting that he gets a hold of this one. And yeah, okay, now this is a zone that Mountcastle can hit a home run from. Uh, but it, it helps the hitter, whereas the pitcher, you're missing their your location that bad. Uh, so Plesak has one mistake on the day, and it leads to a two-run home run. But other than that, he actually settled down and pitched pretty good. He would have some interesting situations in the fifth inning, something he'd be able to work out of uh, in the fifth inning. So they start the inning uh, by getting two guys on, a single by Odor, and then McKenna shoots one in the left field, in the left field corner, Luckily, Quan cuts it off because Odor was moving on the pitch. He could have easily scored for first if this ball gets past Quan and gets into the corner. But Quan does a great job of running this down, running this down, full extension, uh, not a dive, but literally full extension. Um, cuts the ball off and gets it back into the infield. So now they've got runners on second and third and nobody out. Here comes Jorge Mateo, strikes him out. Here comes Austin Hayes, strikes him out with runners on second and third. That is impressive stuff. And then Trey Mancini lines out at 109.3, a line out that Stephen Kwan runs in and cuts off. That's big, big pitching from Zach Plesek there. Uh, he gets Mateo on a slider away. That would be an effective pitch for Plesek on the day. The slider was really good. Gets Austin Hayes also swinging on a slider away. That was a check swing that they appealed down to first base for. That one was way, I'm talking other batter's box away. So Plesak gets out of it 
in that fifth inning, which could have been really bad, starting with runners on second and third. That could have really blown up on him. And then, yeah, please ask Slider. If we look at if we look at all the strikeouts, in fact, let's take this back. Let's look at all the swinging strikes on the day. Five of them come on sliders. I got three changeups here and three fastballs, it looks like. Actually, let's go to the player breakdown, and we can confirm that. Yes, yeah, six sliders, four four-seam fastballs he gets whiffs on. It's only a 24% whiff rate total on the day for Plesak, but he spread it around. Four whiffs on the fastball, six on the slider, three on the changeup. It's actually pretty good. It's a 55% whiff rate on the slider. Add in three called strikes. It's a 43% CSW on the slider. It's only a 24% CSW total on the day for Plesak. It helps that they followed off 16 four-seam fastballs. That will get you ahead in counts if you're they're fouling off 27 pitches total. Uh, that does help out a little bit, get you closer. And then, frankly, most of these swinging strikes lead to strikeouts. In fact, all eight of his strikeouts come on swinging strikes. He's got four sliders down and away that he gets swinging strikes on. Mateo was up and away, but way away. Um, that was in the third inning. That was a strikeout. He got Mateo twice on sliders, got Hayes in the other batter's box, got Mancini down in the zone in the first inning. Uh, then some changeups. Got Odor and a changeup down in the zone. Frankly, two changeups right at the letters down the middle of the plate, and he gets hitters to swing through it. Ramon Urias swings through a changeup there on a 3-2 count, and then Urias, uh, Urias twice. He got Urias twice. I mean, at the letters, this is a pitch you want to hit, and he got Urias twice on it. And then a, a fastball to Santander uh, up in the zone on the arm side of the plate for Plesak that he gets him to swing through. So all the strikeouts come via a swinging strikeout for Plesak on the day. And he works out of that fifth inning. That's big stuff. He goes in and gets done, gets the job done in the sixth inning. Um, I believe ends the day with a strikeout in that sixth inning. Uh, yeah, he strikes out Urias on that changeup down the middle to end his uh, end his day and his performance, and that would bring in the bullpen. And if Sam Henches, it looks like Francona is still searching for who the heck is going to pitch the seventh and the eighth inning for him. I I don't think he really has anyone particularly in mind who is going to be a setup guy, uh, except for one guy, and that's Eli Morgan. But he's still got to get to Eli Morgan. So Sam Henches gets the uh, seventh inning. He gets a ground out from Rushman to start things, and then he loses Odor, and then he loses McKenna, and he walks both of them, and you just you cannot come out of the bullpen like that in the seventh inning in a one-run game and be walking people. You can't. And Francona, three batters, and he's out of there, and he goes to Eli Morgan, who gets two pop-ups to end the inning. He gets Cedric Mullins, who pinch hits, to pop up, and then gets Austin Hayes to pop out to end the threat in that seventh inning. So a great job by Eli Morgan coming in and shutting things down. And then in the eighth inning, he goes a fly out to Mancini, a ground out from Santander. He does walk Mountcastle, but then strikes out Ramon Urias again. Man, Urias just did not have himself a very good day, does he? What does he get Urias with? Let me guess. I'm guessing changeup. Let's see what it is. Nope, it's a four-seam fastball. Of course it is. It's a four-seam fastball at the top of the zone. Eli Morgan, of course, known for his changeup. Ramon Urias striking out on changeups all day. Of course, they flip the script on me, and he strikes out with a four-seam fastball at the top of the zone. Eli Morgan's fastball does play up there, and that's where he went a lot. He kept the fastball at the belt or higher. A lot of fastballs up at the top of the zone 
up at the shoulders uh, to let that change up play at the bottom of the zone and that slider play at the bottom of the zone. So, I mean, Eli Morgan, just ice in his veins. He looks like a reliever, doesn't he, out there right now? Doesn't he look like a dominant, dominant reliever? He just comes in with this bulldog energy and just mows people down for an one and two-thirds innings. I mean, this guy is a weapon right now out of the bullpen. Maybe he'll get a chance to start again in his career. Maybe. But it feels like this guy has a really, really bright future as a bullpen arm. He is a dominant setup man right now, and he sets it up perfectly for Classe, who shuts things down in the ninth inning, by the way. He gets a strikeout to lead off the inning, but the ball is dropped. I believe it was Rushman who struck out. The ball is dropped, and he goes all the way to he goes to first, and he's safe. So we get a strikeout to lead off the inning in the ninth inning, but the runner's on base. Doesn't help, except Emmanuel Classe knows how to get ground outs, and they were hitting a ton of ground outs yesterday, the Orioles were. And he gets a Odor to ground into a double play and then gets another ground out from McKenna to end things. So two ground balls, that's Class A specialty right there, ends the game for the Orioles and gives the Guardians the win. I mean, just Eli Morgan, I can't even talk about how fantastic this guy is and just his attitude on the mound. He gets five whiffs on his four-seam fastball, a 38% whiff rate on that. Um doesn't it get a whiff on his changeup? Coincidentally, he uh, they they usually get a lot of whiffs on his changeup, but not on this day on three swings. I mean, it's a short, small sample size as usual, guy coming out of a bullpen. But there's a really, really great job of just shutting them down. So with that, Eli Morgan has to be. has. I mean, Plesak pitched great. Jimenez's home run was huge. But Eli Morgan definitely takes home. MVP on the day. He was the most valuable player on the field for us yesterday. Coming in after Henches gets himself into a mess and coming in and shutting that down and then hanging in for another inning. I mean, that's what makes Eli Morgan special. He still has enough length in his arm to give you two innings of relief, basically. And uh, we're in a situation where we kind of need that right now because who else? You know, Trevor Stephan has struggled a little bit. Shaw has his ups and downs. Who's this? Who is the other setup man to pitch that seventh inning that would lead you to Eli Morgan in the eighth and Emmanuel Classe in the ninth? I mean, Eli Morgan right now is his own setup man in the seventh inning. So it's a great job by the Guardians. And Frank, I would love to go into more detail in this game. Quan uh, did make a nice uh, diving catch in the top to kick off the top of the eighth inning. So I definitely want to get that in there. Quan played some solid defense out there in left field. And, uh, man, I, that, it's just what a game. What a game by the Guardians. It was a weird one. I would to score three runs in that first inning and then just the offense would be able to find nothing the rest of the game. And Eli Morgan to come in and be that dominant. By the way, Eli Morgan, expected weighted on base percentage, 96th percentile in baseball. Expected ERA, 96th. Expected batting average, 97th. Expected slugging, 92nd. Barrel percentage is 45th. All right, for some reason, he gets barreled. K percentage, 97th percentile. Walk percentage, 90th percentile. Whiff, 70th. Chase rate, 82nd percentile. Yeah, this guy is doing it. This guy is turning himself into an elite elite relief pitcher in Major League Baseball. And if, hey, if that's the path to majors, if that's how he finds a a permanent spot on the roster, then there are worse careers than being a dominant, dominant, dominant setup man 
in Major League Baseball, especially with all the young pitching that's still coming up for Cleveland that's on his heels right now. He really might. He might not get another chance to start for Cleveland because he's so good in the bullpen. And that's that's a compliment right there. So, all right. It's a great day from Eli Morgan. That's why he wins MVP on the day. And frankly, that's all my thoughts on this one. I mean, when you score on two hits, that's it. Two home runs. What else is there to say? Well, we're coming home. We're facing Texas next. We've got a uh, a three-game set against Texas and a four-game set at home against Oakland. Uh, remember that Oakland Sunday, next Sunday, it's going to be an 11.35 game. A little bit strange. I believe, is that on one of the streaming services, whether it Peacock or YouTube or whoever's doing the Sunday morning games? Um, so, yeah, it's on Peacock, the NBC streaming service. So, uh, go ahead, find a buddy who has a Peacock login uh, to watch that one or uh, sign up for a free trial and then cancel it immediately because uh, next Sunday, that's what you're going to be doing. So, yeah, we're kicking things off at Texas. It's uh, John Gray, I believe, going up against Quantrill. So it's a righty. So I expect Francona not to mess with the lineup too much. I mean, Naylor got the day off yesterday. Remember we said it looked like he was struggling a little bit on Saturday. So he got the day off. We'll see if Naylor is back in there on Monday to kick off this series. Uh, Jimenez, your, uh, you know, your all-star candidate at second base should obviously be in there. Um, yeah, and Quan and Palacios, we'll see who gets to play in the outfield. Um, it was a, you know, it's a good job by the Guardians. They go five and six against Kansas City and Baltimore. That's good. That's good. We lose the Saturday one. All right, it happens. We go five and six over those two series. That's pretty good stuff. And we can keep it going against Texas. We can. We can keep it going against Texas and Oakland. I'm telling you, this is the spot in the schedule to rack up those wins. All right. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Baltimore. It's your Guardians 3, the Orioles 2. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.